This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we're live on the air with Jackie Elliott. I hope I got your first name right. I'm assuming it correct. is that correct. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's Good. correct. Uh, so I want to thank you and welcome to the Fam Electric Ghost podcast. Uh, we well, are a featured podcast. On, oh well, we we love to have new people on the show all the time. So I I, I love to talk to different uh, you know creators and and uh, people have visions of of what they want or how, what the services they provide. And so th it's really great to have have you on the show today. Um, but I was, what I wanted to tell people is like, we are a featured podcast on the Newsly platform. And I see that icon up that says Newsly. That's a podcast platform that's an audio platform. Right now we're video. But for uh, that audience that wants to listen on audio, uh, we have a coupon code below says Ghost. If you use Ghost, you get one month free premium subscription on that on that actual platform. Now, other than that, I want to actually let people know that this is episode 1002 of our podcast. We've been on the air since 2016, tracking on Apple Podcast. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is uh, the ABCs of abusive brain chatter with you. You can tell tell your story of how how we came up, how you came up with that concept. Um, so. I can have the, take the floor, maybe give the audience a little background into your into what you do as a certified life coach and motivational speaker. So, um, yeah, I'm a certified uh, life, spiritual and relationship coach. And one of the things that would come up when I started coaching is uh, people's negative talk. Uh, a lot of times when I wouldn't, we would be coaching, they would be, you know, we, I do a process of voice dialogue where I allow both the, you know, they're all their parts of themselves to speak. And often there's this really abusive side. And I know that because I had that, that was something that, well, we all have that. I mean, the reality is, is we, there are times when our brain says mean things to us. And the, for me, it was crippling. And it was just so crippling. It would tell me I was not good enough. I, I couldn't, I wasn't a good mother. I could never earn money. Um, I was never going to find the love of my life that, you know, I was going to be a single mother and divorced forever. It was, it was saying these really, really mean things. And the truth is, is because of my background, it was kind of normalized for me. My parents never spoke to me that way you know, I was never abused in that manner, but the things that they told me, the way they reacted to me, um, led me to have low self-esteem and the mm -hmm. low self-esteem then just grew and grew and grew until finally one day I, it had just, it had become larger than me. <laughs> it had become larger than the, 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 the Jackie <laughs> that was inside of me. And I just said, I can't do this anymore. I can't, uh, I can't believe these things. I can't talk this way to myself. I need help. And I knew that that was the most important thing is knowing that the uh, abusive brain chatter was so loud for me that I had no voice to counteract it. Um, in other words, if it said, you know, you're, you're not good enough. I didn't have a voice inside of me that said, oh yes, you're perfectly good. You're a beautiful soul. You know, I, I just couldn't access that. And that was what I call my aha moment. And it led me on a, a spiritual journey. 
uh, not a religious journey, but a spiritual journey, which which kind of, I believe, led me to myself, my inner self, my higher power, my higher guidance. And then when I was working with clients and I saw it show up in clients, I realized, ah, you know, this is something I, I need to I need to help people with this. Uh, you know, that's why I decided to write the book on it, because I started looking around and seeing how many people have abusive brain chatter. Now, the statistics are really high, you know, that that we all say negative things. In fact, I think in some in a daytime, what is it like 6000 thoughts are negative? You know, we all have it. But I think what what really struck me was how normalized it was, how normal it is to go out with a group of women and have them talk badly about themselves, about their body, about their weight, about finding a man, about their work life, about their career. And everybody just kind of goes along with it. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what, that's what we do. We kind of bash ourselves and, you know, and, and that's, that's accepted. And I just kind of wanted to start a movement that said, no, this is emotional abuse. If we think about the chatter in our head as emotional abuse, suddenly it, it doesn't become fun anymore. Suddenly it yeah. becomes really painful. And so that's really how I kind of got into this. And it was, you know, it's been just a really a learning journey for me that I want to share with others. Well, I run into it. I work with creative people and creative people have a lot of negativity in terms of they, they wanted perfection. And I'm always a big, um, a big uh, purveyor of the happy accident or that there are no bad notes and there are <laughs> opportunities, right? So if you, if you start to look at things as like all your, all the songs that you don't show people cause you're scared to show people because they're, 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 you're, they're you. Right. And a lot of times people are scared to show something that is uniquely themselves because they want to belong. So they want to clone somebody else. They want to copy somebody else. They don't want to be their authentic self because if somebody says they don't like it, they take it too personal. So then people put themselves in a box and they don't really show who they are. They don't feel comfortable being who they are. So they spend all their time trying to sound like somebody else or trying to be like somebody else or trying to project somebody else. And I've always told people, like, I want to hear the song that you're scared to show anybody. Because that's the song that, to me, is the thing work, worth working on. Because that right. is going to get you out there with your unique voice. That's why people like singer-songwriters. Because they have their own voice. They're not, they're not singing something that somebody else wrote for them. That's fine. Somebody can do that. And you have to learn how to, how to feel that. Like an actor feels the script. But it's different when you actually work on something that's you. And I think right. that's that's where people are scared. I find people are all, you know, even professional musicians are scared to show you that thing that they're that they don't want to show anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, what a, a great point because I that's one of the things I say is that uh abusive brain chatter, one of the the uh damages that it does is it it, it blocks creativity. It uh, there's probably so many people out there, exactly what you said, Phantom, that are wonderful, that have a wonderful song or that uh, 
is a wonderful poet or, you know, uh, has a beautiful painting, but they have that inner critic. And that inner critic is uh, really, it's meant to protect us in kind of a funny way because we don't want to get hurt. So we don't want to look foolish, right? You, you want that song. If I show you that song and you kind of go, well, you know, you're, I, I'm going to be devastated. So this abusive brain chatter says, that's terrible. Don't show it to anybody. No, no, protect yourself at all costs. And yeah. pretty soon we do exactly what uh, emotional abusers want us to do. They want us to isolate and they want us to stay quiet and shut down. That's what an emotional abuser does. They bully us. They belittle us. They um, isolate us all kinds of ways to keep us back. And that, you know, for creative people, I, 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 when I'm writing my book, I just, I have a chapter about that because it's like, you have so much to give. Don't let abusive brain chatter rob us of you. And, um, you know, so it, it, you really hit the nail on the head with that one. With the vulnerability. Yeah. I think that's the problem is like, you have a defense mechanism to protect yourself, right? So you want to protect yourself. But artistry typically is something where it comes from the vulnerability, it comes from authenticity. And, and the thing is, we take it personal. So if yeah. I go and do something that's on the bleeding edge or the cutting edge, well, guaranteed no one's heard it. So people don't think it's right because they haven't heard that. So then what people like to say is correct is what they've heard before. And if you do something that wasn't heard before, the natural inclination of a lot of people is to say, well, that's no good. And then you take it personal and then you don't, you put it away. And that's why people don't raise their hands. People don't yeah. speak up people because they're scared to be the person that's going to have something that's not the, the, the known fact. I'm always looking for the, what they call newfound sounds, mm-hmm, which means mm-hmm. if it's newfound sound, like, of course, no. Yeah, nobody is going to be no, know what to do with it, but that's the fun of it. But to some people, that's really hard. It's hard to find the newfound thing, and and be a purveyor of that because there's a lot of risk, and people well, don't I, are risk averse. Right, and and like you said, the authentic self. So a lot of the work I do in my life coaching, well, really more in my spiritual coaching, is doing uh, guided meditations and. Um, writing and journaling to find that authentic self. Because once you found that authentic self, uh, you then come from a place of that, of, of being who you really are. And it doesn't matter what other people think. You're really okay with, oh, okay, this is a gift that was given to me. And I express it this way. And that's okay. And what you think of me is none of my business. That's part of the ABC, you know, challenging because if we are on our side of the street, where mm-hmm. I call it our bowling lane, you know, where there's a bowling alley and then there's these little bumpers for kids on yeah. your bowling lane. If we are on our side of the street, what somebody else is throwing over there, if they're throwing strikes or whatever, means nothing to me. And if their ball comes over into my lane, it's their problem, not mine. But if I start wondering what they're thinking, if I start like, 
going over into their lane and going, what are they bowling? Oh, look, there's a split, you know, then I've yeah. lost myself. I've lost my authentic self. So a lot of the work that I do is finding who you are and then honoring that. And I think that's a real, real important part of releasing abusive brain chatter. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to f for people to find who they are if they've been taught that they're not good enough or they thought taught they're like, well, artistry is nothing. You need to have a real job. And if you have a dream, well, you got to stay within the box. Like so people want to put people in the cubicle and the box and the structure that they know or their family knows or their, or their religious organization knows. And so, so they, you're stuck, but you're only stuck as far as like you, you're you know, a lot of times we put the glass ceiling on ourselves. Like, like the abuse of blame brain chatter is like, well, I can't, if I can't play like Jimi Hendrix, I shouldn't play guitar. Right. So, well, that's a, that's a falsehood because Jimmy's not here. So you're going to play the way you play. Right. So why put that, 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 that type of thing on yourself? It's like, I've seen so many musicians put that kind of thing on themselves. Like if they can't reach this, then they're no good. And, and then they never, they never go outside their room. I'm like, well, how are you going to, how are you going to be out there if you're not going to go outside the room? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, you know, I really see that as a spiritual issue because I, I it's arrogance. When I start getting in my own way uh, of my creativity, um, you know, even writing my book, when, when I get into my head and I start going, this is going to be the best book ever. And what if people read it and they go, oh, that's stupid. And, you know, I do that. We all do that. And but, you know, I've learned to challenge that. And I've learned that it's arrogance for me to think that I'm writing that book um, when I'm in a spiritual place, when I'm in a place of complete uh, centeredness and groundedness and quiet, then it comes through me yeah. and I am, it just comes out so much better. It's like, okay, you know, throw out that voice for a little while. Let's just shut you off. Okay. And now yeah. let's let, let it travel through you. And then, you know, then you realize that, that you are just channeling. Um, yeah, you're, you're not that big. Exactly. You're not, you're not that, you know, my God, you're not the Beethoven of the world, the Mozart, but you are somebody who has something to give the world. And if you get out of your own way, the world will be better for it. And that's the, to me, that's the place we come from. How do I make this a better place? Yeah. Cause I mean, that's why, you know, I was, I'm a child of the seventies and I was really kind of enamored with the punk movement when it started because it kind of set a whole new frame. Mm -hmm. Cause then you get bands like the Ramones and Blondie and, and the Clash, And it was like, you don't have to have perfect pitch. You don't have to be the best player. You don't have to be Jimmy Page. You don't have to be John Bomb. You don't have to be these guys like the Beatles. And there was this whole idea where you had to be like Led Zeppelin or the Beatles. You have to be this A1 top shelf artist. And then the, the punk aesthetic said, no, you can have heart. You can have ideas. You can not even have the best voice. But if you've got the, the gumption to just get in front of people and to show your idea. And that to me was a revolutionary. And it kind of brought out new wave. And got into hip hop and, and rap and people said, well, yeah, I, can, I don't have to be a musician to write music. I just have to feel it. Right. And then I thought it was it's revolutionary why we have a lot of the forms of music we have today with EDM and techno and producers that were never musicians at all. Uh, and then you're like, they're creating music. 
because music is like inside of people and, and right. you can create it whether you were trained or not. Right. And that's what the, the big thing is that people, you don't have to go to Berkeley. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's what the blues guys did, you know, Delta blues, did they go to Berkeley? No. You know, those Delta blues like Lead Belly and Robert Johns, they, they felt the blues. They created the blues. They weren't trained. It came from the muse. It came from the universe. It came from like a flow state. The idea that you can tap into what's there. And every right. human being has the ability. It's just that you limit yourself by feeling that you're not a professional, you're not this and you're not that. So you can't do it. And I think people do that outside of music. Like they prevent themselves from being an entrepreneur, from owning their own, you know, for doing what they really want to do, you know, doing, you know, I think the great resignation seemed to like people say, yeah, maybe I can do what I want. Maybe I can stop the nine to five, get an Etsy shop and do what I want, you know, and then, and and you start seeing people do it. (laughs) Right. And, and, and that, and that is why it's so important to understand abusive brain chatter. And that's why I came up with the ABCs because, you know, it's not a fix it, but it's, for me, it's a reminder when I'm writing and I start going, uh, oh God, that's a, a horrible, uh, somebody's gonna, you know, gonna challenge you on that. And it's, it's a memoir. So how can somebody really challenge me? Right. It's, it's my life. It's my story. It's what, my, yeah, what it's I've you, learned from you. my life. Right. So, so when I start hearing that, then I, I have these ABCs and the first one is awareness. So I become aware and I start going, wow, Jackie, there it goes. You know, it, 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 you're listen to how, what you're saying, listen to how that you're talking to yourself. What is that? Is that bullying? Is that belittling? Is that, um, uh, you know, diminishing yourself? Is that gaslighting? And pretty soon I start going, yeah, okay, that is belittling. And, that, you know, thinking that I can't write a book or, uh, you know, that's a very belittling thought. So I don't really want to have that thought. Well, now what do I do? So now I understand that my head is doing this and I sometimes it gets out of control and I can't stop it. So what's the next step? The next step is the important step that you were just talking about is to go inside and find a, a muse. I love that for creative people, a higher self, somebody who's going to get you to where you want to be, somebody who's uh, the, uh, uh, an energy that's greater than the negative energy that you're being fed in your head. So I take some time and I pause and I tune into, you know, I might tune into, uh, you know, uh, my spiritual, whatever I call higher power. Um, Mm -hmm. Or I might, I might tap into my little soul that I've really come across and realize who Jackie is. And Jackie's really a healer and she's a creator. And I, you know, I might tap into that voice and I allow that voice to come forward. And that's the way that it'll quiet. Once I become aware, I allow the voice to come forward now that is the higher voice. And I, the muse is a great, I, if you can yeah. find a muse and, you know, just even it, it can be a bird on a wing or, you know, we, I yeah. take people on meditations, guided meditations to find that, that muse, that voice, that spirit, whatever it is that's going to lift them out of their abusive brain chatter. But then the third part of it is the C, which is challenge your core belief. 
And, mm -hmm. you know, Phantom, you were talking about the, the core beliefs that we have that, and I was telling you that in my case, my parents didn't say I was bad, I was awful, but they had beliefs that they put on me, you know, that it was important to get married, important to have a man. And if you want to get a man, it was important to look good. And so those were beliefs that mm. I held. So if I failed at any of those, then I was a failure. And then my abusive brain chatter would ch chatter at me. So, you know, uh, I got into a series of bad relationships because my core belief was that it was better to be in a, a bad relationship than to be without be a relationship. Yeah. Exactly. that, And so, like I said, my parents didn't mean to give me that. That was just my mother's belief and my father's belief that marriage is important and that women should be married. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. I had to go through and challenge that and say, yeah, is that really true? You, no, you can, you can be an author. It's like a Why social moray. You know, I was a sociology major. And the whole idea, they had to get the macrocosm of the microcosm, right? So the microcosm is like your individual and maybe your family. And the, right. and, you know, and the macrocosm is greater society. And so within, you know, they, they kind of bleed into each other. So if you've got like social mores that say, well, for women, being married and being with a man, that's like, that's what you have to do. And there's a whole, the generations of people felt that way in multiple cultures. And they put right. this, you know, kind of restriction. On, on, and on you women. don't fit like, in, right? If you don't it, fit in, then suddenly chatter, chatter, chatter. Yeah, right? you're not, you're not, you, you only can actualize with, with your partner. You can't actualize by yourself, which right. is like, that's the false narrative. Yeah. And because, you know, there's, there's a kind of patriarchal structure that's saying that we don't want women competing with men and we don't want women thinking they can run a business. We want them to stay in this box and stay in this zone. And I mean, it's, it's, you can get the politics of it, but the whole thing is that, yeah, there's a lot of people that, that are in that mindset. And so until they can get out of it, they they won't actually be happy because they right. start to hit the wall with like, this is supposed to make me happy, but it doesn't. So right. then they start to challenge like, well, if this is such a perfect thing, then why am I not happy? Right. So and then, what am then, I telling then, myself? Yeah, because it's that perfect. What am I telling myself happy. about that thing? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's it's if you're not what you know if if it it is. It's starting with oh, what am I saying to myself about this that I'm not good enough? Well, you know that's where we start with that awareness, and then you know, like I said, we we tap into that other voice, and then as you said, society and all we have to challenge all those things that not only our parents told us, but that society is telling us. Your parents may have said being a musician is not good or yeah. you're never going to be, you know, you should be a scientist or whatever. You're never going to make money at that. Well, suddenly, you know, you're going to, if if you start going against that and you don't challenge that, that's definitely going to hold you back. Like, who am I? That, that imposter syndrome. I think that's a the perfect word for what you're talking about in terms of creativity. It's an imposter syndrome that, wow, well, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Beethoven. I'm not a, you know, a, a J, jazzy Jay-Z or <laughs> yeah. sorry, I'm not into that kind of music. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the problem is there's so much comparison, you know, no matter what art you're in. You have these people that are like, uh, you, you know, they're, they're, they're the archetypes of the, of the genre, right? Or they're, they're in the canon, right? So 
like you get start getting into the canon and everybody starts thinking, well, there's no way I'm in there. Like if you're Hemingway, you know, they start mm-hmm. saying, you start talking about different people in canons, you know, Miles Davis, Hendrix, you know, Prince Jazz, job. You got these people in the canon. Like, well, if you if you can't get anywhere near them, then why are you even here? And then 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 people start to really go down on themselves. And I'm, I'm my whole my my thing is like you should let yourself be free to explore like the present moment in a kind of a flow state and and we're so creative Ooh. that you're kind of you're not allowing the world to to hear your gift because a lot right. of times the things come out of left field at least people weren't brilliant they just decided to work they decided to be present they started and then you you know then you find it's like wow that's brilliant to you but like that's this inherently who they are and they're willing to go there right. and if you choose to do that you can find there's a you don't have to match this icon you can you can find a way to be brilliant within your own capabilities and then that brings out a lot of you know like when you put yourself out in the world you get an audience you know you, you your book gets an audience your your film gets an audience and maybe it's not at the level of this other person but it still gets into the world and the world is so big today right. that, that you can actually do pretty well. And so, so the idea that, that you shouldn't even try that that's the problem. <laughs> right. And that's, that's such a painful thing. You know, I had a, I took a fused glass. I did fused glass for many years and the first gl- class I took with this teacher, she's, she said, um, Okay, now I want you to make the worst piece possible. You're going to make a bad piece of art. So whatever, you know, that's what we're going to do. Your your job is to make a bad piece of art. Just throw whatever you want down there, whatever pieces of glass, and we're just going to get that out of the way. Well, that's the piece that's hanging on my wall because that's the best piece I've ever done. When I had the freedom <laughs> yeah, you never to know. do something freedom, bad. Yeah. The happy accident. Exactly. Happy when accident. I had yeah, my chatter wasn't going on about it being perfect. It was like, oh, let me throw this on there. Oh, let me throw this on there. And then pretty soon it was fused and it was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, so again, uh, being able to quiet that voice, the artist's way, Judith Cameron talks about that, the, you know, how, how to quiet that critic, the inner critic. And the first, I think the first chapter is on your critic and finding out who, whose voice it is and who told you that. And th- that's kind of challenging, the challenging that I'm talking about. Yeah. Cause I was like watching this documentary with Orson Welles and everybody says how brilliant Citizen Kane was. And he came out and said, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what wasn't possible. So I did things that people said, well, you shouldn't do that. But I didn't know you couldn't do it. So I had camera angles and did things with cameras that people said, well, that's really innovative. So the reason it happened, because I didn't think, nobody told me I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I thought I could, I could, you know, he had this idea of, well, if I can see something with my eyes, I'm going to make the camera do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, well, that's not, that's revolutionary. Well, like, well, it was just, nobody told me I couldn't do it. So I right. did. Right. And, and, and that's where, that's where sometimes like, the, 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 if you go to an art school and you learn the canon, Sometimes you're a slave to the can, like, but like the people who are innovators decide to break the rules. They decide they're like, well, I under, I'm informed by the canon, but I don't have to do it that way. 
I could go do something else. I could cross genre. I could turn something inside out. I could re refract it, change it, like challenge it. And and a lot of people, they don't want to do that because they think they got to be perfect. And me, yeah, to that, me, perfection is the enemy of creativity. Because that's you, exactly then you're yeah. just going to repeat, repeat what's done before, and who wants that? I'd rather see something new. <laughs> well, that's why that whole idea of create something bad. Before you sit down to write a piece of music, write the worst piece of music you can imagine. And, you know, and yeah. maybe that'll help you. It's just like, okay, you're going to write the good piece, but this piece is going to be really, you're going to do things with the the music and the tones and the beat, whatever. You're going to just challenge mainstream and then get that out of your system. And then maybe you find maybe you find a little seed in there and that's the seed you can build on. So it's, I, yeah, flow it's, state. it's, it's, it's the flow state. Yeah. Cause a lot of people, they, they have a hard time to get the procrastination. They don't start, but if you embrace the flow state, you don't tend to run into that procrastination. I mean, that's why I have a bedroom studio. I have a bedroom mm -hmm. studio because I, if I get an idea, I can just jump and do it. But mm -hmm. some people, they put the studio really far away from them. Mm -hmm. So then they can only go to it once in a while. Mm -hmm. But I have it like where it's here all the time because mm -hmm. I find that like, I get ideas all the time. And and if I had to go to it, then I probably wouldn't do it. And then I wouldn't put it down. And so it's like, if you put barriers to your process, you say, well, I can only be here. Or I can only be there. And and then you, then you don't do it because you kind of push it off. But if you embrace that, yeah, yeah I could be, I could be creating things like all the time. And mm -hmm. why not? But, you know, somebody goes, oh, I can only be in this state to do it. But I think you have to challenge the things that that, that, that stop you. Right, exactly. And, and um, one of the things that's so important about this is that cre creativity, uh, I often find clients who are depressed. And if they're creative people, I'll ask them, have you been creating? Have you been doing your art? No, I haven't do been doing my art creativity, when creativity is blocked in us, it starts to turn against us. We start feeling depressed. And if, if we just get out of it for, uh, if we just put pen to paper and do something creative, we feel good. That's why, you know, someone want, I'll give an assignment to somebody. Yeah, well, this week you're going to pull out your uh, crayons and you're just going to draw words on a page and, mm -hmm. you know, make it into a flower. That's all you're going to do or, or whatever you're going to do. Get it unblocked. Keep it unblocked. It's use it or lose it. Well, you don't really lose it. But if you block it, like you said, if you don't do it today, then you don't do it tomorrow. Then that voice is, you're not really going to do it. You're never going to do it. But know that if you do it, you're building on it. You're he that's really an act of healing. And if you're depressed right now, if anybody who's watching this is depressed, get out some finger paints, get out some jewels, get out, do something creative, go on a walk and pick rocks or, you know, or leaves and come back home and glue them on a page. That will get, that gets you, that gets you flowing and more into the flow. Cause you're right. Once you stop that flow, that's, that's, that's like, turn, that turns against you. Yeah. I mean, that's why I like, I, mean, I live in New Hampshire and I like to go out for walks in the pines and, you know, it's kind of like the, the famous poet is like, go, oh, nature is the cathedral. And I really mm -hmm. get revitalized when I walk like, uh, on the river trail for the Merrimack river. 
if I just walk through my that trail close to my house, I just embrace, you know, Gaia. I embrace the, the nature and I get tons of ideas just doing that. I, yeah. I, and it's, it's like sometimes I'll come back and I'll, you know, I'll walk back and I'll take a voice memo of, of what I experienced or I'll take a little film, film video of, of the woods and listening to the, to, the, to the Merrimack River or the birds and then take that moment and kind of use it to, to help me. Or even the memory of that moment will trigger something as a poem. And then that triggers like a, a passage and then I'll go on the keys and I'll write. But it's like that that type of thing. Like you could be creative with cooking, with like sewing, with it's all whatever is is in, you know, is easy for you to get into. I think art therapy is really important to kind of get past the blocks because the creativity is like creation kind of thing that that you know, a lot of people tie it to like, you know, creation is like sexuality too, but people get hung up on whether they can actually create mm -hmm. and it's a block. It can be a block in your life because like, if you're stuck in that, you get stuck in other things. You get mm -hmm. stuck with your job. You get stuck with your relationship. You get stuck in all these other areas because you can't get past that creation process. Like you're, you're stagnant. Right. And that's why that believe is so important of the ABCs. Um, the finding that space that you said, nature, you know, for you, Gaia, um, for me, it's meditation in the bathtub gets my brain going. And sometimes I can't even, you know, I have to get out and write down so much that it's like crazy. And people always say to me, God, your brain is always going. You're full of ideas. And that's because I'm open. I've opened, yeah. I, I wasn't full of ideas. I, I really, this is an important point, Phantom, that I was depressed and I was in bed watching TV. That's who I was. I was so turned inward. Mm. I was binging on food. I was binging on TV and I had severe asthma. I couldn't breathe because I was, everything, I was just all here, just allowing that chatter to, hold me, hold yeah, me in here. Shatter, hold yeah. Me. yeah. And I just couldn't. And finally, when I realized that, wait a minute, I have an authentic self. Let me find her. Let me release her. Well, you know, people, I can't tell you how many times people say, wow, you are the creative ideas. They just flow from you. And it's like, because I let them. That's why, because I don't. Yeah hold them back. And I realize that there's going to be some wins and some losses. I'm trying to do a TEDx yeah. talk and I haven't gotten picked yet. Well, okay, maybe I never will. Um, you know, that's just the way it is. But I then I have another idea. And then I have another idea. And it's just, you know, it's it's unblocking it. If anybody there is feeling blocked, find where the opening is. If it's meditation, you know, call me, text me. I'll, I'll guide you through a meditation yeah. to find it. Um, because that's the most important thing is finding that flow. But I think a lot of people, sometimes they get stuck in their logic brain. And then you tell them about spiritual practice or you tell them about things that's like in the muse and they kind of look at you and roll their eyes and say, well, I'm not into that foo-foo stuff, you know. But that's, that's part of the block. Because if, if the part of the kind of flow state is embracing stuff that's not exactly logical, right? There's some things, that, especially in the creative mind, there's part of it is the rhythm and the meter that's logical. Yeah. Three, four times, six, eight times, that's logical, right? The structure. 
being in t- in tune in the key. That's logical. But the feeling that you put into the note, the feeling that you put into the to, to the melody, that's that's human. That's that's the that's the art. That's the passion. And there is a structure. That, but there's dissonance, and it kind of and there's they, there's this kind of creative flow that comes in and it's it's not exactly logical it's passion right and so that some people don't don't believe in that or they they don't know how to attain that or they 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 can't get into the creation mode because they've been denying their, themselves the, the the freedom to do it because they think there's something wrong with it seems like a lot of times there's like shame uh, about that. So they can't get into it because they're, they're in a shame mode. They're in a guilt mode. They're in a blame mode. They blame themselves. They blame others. You, know, you got to get past those hangups to, to get into that state. And then you would find that, that the things do come to, to you all a lot. The creative people I deal with, they, they, they tend to have a lot of ideas constantly. And I'm like, why? It's because they, they've opened themselves to that muse idea for exactly. the universe or however yes. they feel it. And, and, you know, it's important to challenge when you're not, when you, you know, if you're in your head, I became a life coach first because I really believe in, you know, to me, life coaching is about helping people with their future, you know, therapy is kind of digging in the past archaeology, but they say life coaching is architecture. You're kind of wanting, so what do you want to be? Let's help you, you get there. But what I found was that so many people, Phantom, were up in their head and I would Mm. we would talk about things and they would just stay in their head. Well, you know, I I, I learned that they'd want to get into the whole therapy part of it. Well, you know, my parents and this and that, my grandma and all of that. And I, you know, until I could just say, okay, let's just quiet your mind for a moment. Let's, you know, let's put that aside. And now how about if we just drop into your body and you know, what color, what color are you feeling? And people sometimes, especially men, <laughs> they'll go color. I don't know. I'm not seeing a color. And I'll say, no, just, <laughs> just go with me here. It's that, you know, this, I know it's woo woo, but just, just hear me out. Go with me. Let's go. And then they'll go, okay, well, maybe I'm seeing kind of a red tight knot. Okay. You know, let's stay with that knot. Where's that coming from? And what what does it need? And so we allow it to speak from not from up here, because when they start speaking to me from up here, it just shuts them up. But when they start speaking to me from down here and telling me, mm. oh, it's just needing, you know, to, to be loved, to be heard, to be expressed. Suddenly then now, aha, now we can get somewhere. And that's why that spiritual piece was so important to me to uh, in order to help people. Because that's where you're right. That's exactly where it lives. And, you know, again, forget the process, forget the word God, Gaia, you know, whatever, forget the word, use the tool, the tool to find yourself again. And that's really an important part of change. And I can tell you that your inner self, you know, to the, to the people who haven't yet found that, that your inner self really wants to come out and sing and dance. I mean, put on some music, uh, you know, and and just dance the night away. You know, Nina Simone's, you know, it's a it's a new day. I mean, yeah. is that not a great song to put on and let your muse come out? Well, it's, a whole, 
Well, the thing is, like a lot of people don't realize, like your heart beat is a frequency, right? Your yes. electric energy. And being a musician, one of the things that we've learned as musicians is that we can tap into those frequencies and people yeah. can hear the vibe. And when you're a musician and you play in front of the audience, you see the immediate impact of your art because you put out frequencies and rhythms and people react to them immediately. You get immediate feedback from your work. And wow. and it, it, it feels very powerful and it, it's very addictive. Like if you're playing in front of an audience and I'm like a fusion jazz band uh -huh. and we're getting the audience into it and we'll go into dissonance and we'll go into melody and we'll go into kind of frenetic things and we get to see the crowd react to the different emotions we're putting out and the frequencies we're putting out and we can see it in real time. And I think, you know, public speakers can see that when you've got the crowd, if you're a comedian, you've got the crowd, or you don't have the crowd, or you're an actor, you have the crowd, or you don't have it. It's the same kind of idea, because you're still using your voice as the frequency, because your voice right. is an instrument. It's the same idea. And a lot of people don't understand how much power you have with your voice and and in the vibes you put out, right? The nonverbal things you put out are frequencies. And so you know, when you start to get in alignment with, oh, there's like, there's things that you can hear, there's things you can't hear. There's nonverbal things that happen. It's all still all frequency. Mm -hmm. And it's all about kind of getting into this kind of connectedness with people understanding that you can, you know, the law of attraction, you can drive people away. You can bring people to you. Depends on what, what kind of vibe you're putting out. <laughs> and just imagine the, what you explained was so beautiful of how the audience reacts. And imagine if you you were so in your head that you were just thinking about the notes. Do you think you would have the same result in the audience? No, I think some some musicians kind of make mistakes where they totally just focus on their instrument. Uh huh. And, you, and what we try to tell people, like when you get you know more evolved as a musician is you, you like, you have to understand, like you, you have a muscle memory. You don't have to be just paying attention to that. You kind of have to just experience the whole moment, which is not just your instrument and your fingers on it or your mouth on the reed or something. It's that whole moment, which includes the room, the people in the room, your bandmates, the audience, everything. And it, and it, so that atmosphere <clears throat> is part of your performance. And when you realize that, that's the difference when you get people who are really connecting. Right. When you have a musician that understands that, then you will see that they are really connected and the audience is connected. And they say, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're on fire. It's like, how is that? Because they're, they're embracing that whole moment. They're not just totally in their head or totally on the instrument. And right. it's, you know, you have to, you, it's something you learn or you don't learn. <laughs> Well, that's where that's where that abusive brain chatter, where that holds people back. See, you have you are giving a gift. You when you when you're telling me this, I'm imagining sitting in the audience with my eyes closed and just feeling it. And that's a gift that you're giving me. And if you are saying to yourself, oh, look what she's doing. I wonder if she's liking this. I wonder if she's you aren't giving me that gift. You've taken back my gift. And so that's a, a great thing for musicians to know is that if you really want to give your gift, you give your gift and don't take ownership of it. You know, you are a musician and this, this, this beautiful sound comes through you 
down through your body, but not up in your head. It stays up in your head. And it's like any anything, any kind of imposter syndrome or anything, stay out of your head. Yeah, it was and like I, Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead used to say, like in those happenings that the dead used to do, it's like, you know, those aren't performances. Those are like connected happenings. Exactly. You know, you know because that's the way they looked at it. And when you get bands, you know, like there are certain bands that they understand that. You yeah. know, get like a band like Bob Marley and the Whalers, they got that. It's the same kind of idea. And and you know, you get you get groups that figure out that connectedness with the audience and it is like a two-way street and they're feeling it. And and then you're wow, that that's a real beautiful moment. And I think it ha happens in all kinds of art. When when yeah. you, and, and even in your daily life as a human being, like if you're at work and you connect the moments and you don't get stuck in your head, mm -hmm. you're gonna perform better. Yeah. If you're not thinking of, if you're actually in the present, listening to everybody instead of thinking about what the next thing you should say is, actually listen to your coworkers, listening to the meeting, understanding it, and embracing it in a moment instead of so scared of failure or so scared of this and scared of that that you're not actually embracing that present moment. Right. So you're not right. really connected. No, absolutely. And um, what I, the, I'd like to just offer some tips, some help for people who are, find themselves stuck in their head. I call it tornado head because you start in your head and it just starts taking you uh, all the way and you're, you're gone. Pretty soon you're not in Kansas anymore. You know, your head's taking you in a tornado. What, what I say is first start becoming aware of what you're saying to yourself, write it down. Just as you're as you're practicing or you're writing a song or you're trying to write a poem, write down what your uh, what your head is, what your brain is telling you. It's saying, oh, this isn't good. Oh, no one will like whatever it says. Just allow it. Just be be, uh, you know, like uh, I always say, like uh, one of those anthropologists who are just taking notes on what a, the behavior of a chimp. Panzee, you know, oh, this is interesting. This is what Jackie's doing. She's thinking she's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. So that's the first step. The second part is find your inner self. What would that inner self say to you at, in that moment? Um, and then discover, well, the first part of being aware is also understanding what is, what is that? Is that abuse? Is that bullying, belittling? What am I doing to myself? That's, that's the first part, understanding emotional abuse, the signs. And then the second part is then um, writing down the, your, the, the, the belief, what the inside, what you really believe, that what your muse believes, and just start writing from that point of view. So I'm good. It's beautiful. Music is wonderful. My gift needs to be sent to the, you know, whatever it is that you need to say. And then the third part is challenge your core belief. Where did that belief come from? Is that really true? Just start challenging it and bring it. Is that true? Where did that come from? Am I afraid? You know, and all of those things. And those are just, it's just a quick ABCs, but that's going to get you started. Um, you know, and certainly yeah. writing the opposite of what you think is another, uh, you know, an opposite, a positive That's thing. That's another technique. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, well, I think also one of the things I was reading is like uh, the question I, I didn't get to, but um, what, what can not having good boundaries result in? And I think, you know, I think sometimes what happens if you don't have boundaries and you do whatever 
you you end up getting um, overbooked, right? Because you you, you want to please everybody. You're a people pleaser. So you don't have a boundary. If somebody asks you to do something, you just do it. You keep on yeah. adding things to your list. And then you're not doing what you want. And then you're, 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 everybody thinks you're great, but you're like, you're not happy because you're not actually fulfilling your own desires. You're like trying to be a helper for everybody. Well, like you know, example. it's interesting because I was a big people pleaser. Yeah. I, you know, I was a big people pleaser and I realized it was manipulation. People pleasing is manipulating other people. You know, you're just, I'm going to do something I don't want to do. So you like me. And mm. um, so if you want to really be your authentic self, be your authentic self, stay out of other people's lanes. What they think of you doesn't matter. And only matters the, the strikes you're throwing in your lane. Stay out of their lane. Stay in your lane. There's also the, the other thing I think a lot of people end up being in a codependent relationship. And then they think, well, it, it, you know, it's easy for them to, maybe it's not easy, but they're, they're, they get stuck in the pattern. So it's like something, it's a pattern, but it's not a good pattern. It's making them feel bad, but they can't, they don't have the strength to get out of the pattern because they're fearful of what would happen if I get out of that pattern. So how, how do you, you know, when you're getting to that kind of state, like what is going to make you want to get out of that pattern that, that you're less fearful of what comes next than where you are? Again, awareness is the key. What am I saying to myself about this? Uh, am I saying that I can't live without this person? Is that true? Uh, am I saying that this person's happiness is more important than mine? Is that true? Start writing down what you're saying to yourself. Codependency is all about that, is about uh, you know me being on your side of the street. Because if you're happy, then I can be happy. But if I'm on my side of the street, that my happiness is my job, not your job. And boundaries are huge, those, those bumpers are the boundaries that I talk about on the bowling lane. Those are the boundaries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't let yeah. anyone in and don't cross over into theirs. If you're saying to somebody, oh, you know, I want to help you with this, or, you know, maybe you need help. Um, you're over on their side. They'll ask you if they need help. Whose side are you on at that point? You know, just keep asking yourself, whose lane am I in? That's a huge help. That's a big help. Yeah, I think it's interesting to kind of look at it as like you're being manipulative when you're trying to be the helper because you're trying to get them to be kind of indebted to needing you. And that's your like your your kind of way in. And and I don't think people look at that maybe that way all the time. They think it's like, well, that's always gonna be positive. Right. But it's like and when you related it, well, it's not that's not that positive. If if no. it's the way you're going into it that way, like if here's maybe on the surface you think it's positive. Right. But when you dive into it, you start to see, well, it's deeper than that. It's really not positive. It's not a good behavior. It's actually putting you, putting, you know, your happiness at risk and, and putting you into lanes, like you said, that you mm. don't need to be in. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Because if you're happy, then I'm happy is kind of the way that codependency works. Your, I, my survival depends upon your happiness. Well, that's, you know, that's a really manipulative way to live. How about if you, my happiness, I'm responsible for my happiness. And that might mean setting some boundaries with you. And that might mean you having to, you know, go through your issue on your own and me not fixing it for you. 
um, yeah. what, whatever it is, just stay on my side of the lane. And my job is to be happy, joyous, and free. Well, I love how you came with this, this concept of ABC, because a lot of times like, if you keep things simple, right. then, then it makes it easier to actually happen. <clears throat> because a lot of times you get people get into these processes and if it's, if it's hard to do, then you're probably not going to do it. But if it's too hard to get your head around it, then how likely are you to do it? You know, so, so if you can do something incrementally and you can, can be consistent and you can be consistent and have something that, that's easy to remember and easy to practice because it's like a core thing. It doesn't have the complexity where you're like, well, I don't know where I am. Wait, but if you can... <laughs> break it down to like it's ABC. Right. You can get, you understand that. Right. So that, that's the, I think is like people take these things and they want to go to zero to a hundred. And then right. it's like, it's too complex and they're never going to get it done and get past that 10. And then they're like, Oh, I'm done. It's too hard. But well, if you yeah. keep, it, keep it simple, then you make it so it's digestible and it's actually something you could do. And I don't want to fool people into thinking that's all there is to it, ABC, and then I'm cured. I no, did no. the work. I, you know, I did the work. I had to go in and find out those beliefs. But once you do the work, then it's easy to just stop it. Just, just, yeah. you know, cut, cut, stop it in its tracks. You got to cut through the noise, like you said. Like a lot mm -hmm. of times, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of clutter, and if you can give yourself that kind of peace, because I think a lot of times, like your own mind is giving you all this noise. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of noise in social media, but your own mind is like racing. And, and this is where like, you know, spiritual practices are, you know, my, you know, mindfulness or meditation and breathing, you know, things are more Eastern practices sometimes will allow you to have that space to get that noise out. Right. And I, I would find as an artist, like creativity comes from actually taking time to declutter, get rid of the noise to have a quiet space. Yeah. From that quiet space, things come. Yeah. But you, you can't be in like a really noisy in your head moment where you're just like your mind racing all of these things. It's like it, nothing happens. It's like it, once you get the clarity of having some peace, then something will happen. Right. And you listen. It, <laughs> exactly. If you and, you know, I just want to say one thing. Um, pain is not your normal state. If you're living with pain and think that that's the way you should, you're supposed to live, or that's the way you're always going to live, you know, it, that is not true. Do whatever you can to uh, find your way out of that thinking, because, mm -hmm. you know, we, you, you don't have to live with pain. You don't have to live beating yourself up. You can live like that free child who just, you know, when I was a kid, I would just paint and the, t the hours would go by, you know, who knows? Now it's dinner time and I'm out there making perfume and cutting flowers. And that's the state you want to find. That's the, the normal state of the soul is a happy, joyous and free soul. Well, I, I, I hate to have to leave it with that, but we do have another podcast. But I want to encourage people to click the link we have there below when we're published on all the podcast um, platforms. We're on, we're, all most, we're on all the major podcast platforms, so you can either listen or watch anywhere you like to watch podcasts or listen to them. We're going to send you a landing page tomorrow that will have all the major places that we are published, and we can send you an MP4 as well, so you can clip it up however you want. 
but yeah, we're going to be on almost all those podcast, all those podcast platforms by tomorrow. So you'll have that. We were live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and you'll get those. But anybody watching there will have that. Those permanent links will be active as soon as we're done. But thank you again for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Such a great topic. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night.